0: Today we want, to, we want to talk to this real commitment, to a commitment to the brothers. Because if you come out from your mother's hut and you, and you live among the men, there is a certain commitment, there is a certain honor, there's a certain code that needs to be in existence among men. There's a certain way of dealing with one another that we, we have to master. That we, have, we make a commitment. And this is best demonstrated in the area of sexual purity towards the ladies that are associated with another man. Uh, his wife and his daughters uh, are, are something that I need to learn. to. If I'm going to uh, deal with another man's wife or another man's daughters, then I have to deal with him because God has set him to be the one who, who's the head over those ladies in his household. And so if I'm going to deal with him or even his son, if I want to discipline his son, I deal with the father and not with those people directly. And um, especially in this area of sexual purity, and we, we discussed that. But I want to take you to a scripture in Thessalonians 4 that goes exactly how, because Paul puts it, there's a very fascinating way he puts it. He says this, for you know what instructions we gave you by the authority of the Lord Jesus. It is God's will that you should be sanctified, that you should avoid sexual immorality, that each one of you should learn to control his own body in a way that's holy and honorable, not in passionate lust like the heathen who do not know God. And that in this matter, no one should wrong his brother or take advantage of him. For the Lord will punish men for all such sins as we have already told and warned you. For God did not call us to be impure, but to live a holy life. Therefore, he who rejects this instruction does not reject man, but God who gives you the Holy Spirit. Paul puts us in a very, very heavy kind of overtone. He says, listen, guys. God's will is that you be holy and that you you live sanctified. You live a holy life with the body that God gave you. And then he says that each one of you should learn to control his own body. That literally in the Greek means to possess your own vessel. Now, in the context, that could mean one of two things. It means you learn how to control your own sexual drive, or it could mean you learn how to take a wife in a way that's holy and honorable. Now, either of those two are, are, can be can be translated. So let's, let's take it. Uh, my preference of those two is that a man should learn to acquire a wife in a way that is holy and honorable, not in passionate lust like the heathen who do not know God. And that in this matter, that of taking a wife in a way that's holy and honorable, no one should wrong his brother or take advantage of him. See, I, th- I thought that scripture should read, no one should wrong his sister or take advantage of her. But it doesn't say that. It says in this matter of learning how to, how to uh, acquire a wife in a holy and honorable way, no one should take uh, advantage of his brother. That Greek word wrong his brother means to take more, to overreach, or to defraud him. And so the that same word is used in the context of trade and business. Uh, if you increase or, or lessen the value of prices of goods as you bought or sold them, or if you didn't keep to a bargain or a contract or a covenant, if you used false weights when you were weighing, like you had a, a weight that says this is 10 pounds, and you, you'd put that on one side of the scale, and you'd, you'd weigh out 10 pounds of whatever you were selling. But this weight actually was only 9 pounds. And so you'd say, well, there's 10 pounds, and, then you'd, and that, that was called, that was the same word, defrauding, taking something away from a brother. And so, this is a very interesting issue because it says, if I'm going to take a wife, then I shouldn't take advantage of that brother. Now, I've discovered in church that different people have different advantages when it comes to different men, have different advantages with women. Some guys is just like a really good looking guy, I mean he's just got the whole package, he's, handsome. He's got muscles where some of us don't have places. I mean, he's just a good-looking guy. And that's his advantage. And uh, some guys are just really uh, clever. Some guys have a great sense of humor. Some guys just know how to how to be clear about what they want and to communicate that with, with ladies. Um, some guys, as I said, a sense of humor. Some guys are just really wealthy. Some guys are really spiritual. Some guys are just the right age. And Everybody uses, right, this human nature, we all use what, what we have. We play to our strengths. But um, even for married men in the church, I've seen some guy, um, and I'm sure we, we've we experienced this, and then we we're going to speak candidly, uh, many women in the church assume that I'm a deeply spiritual man all the time at home. And some of them secretly wish, oh, I wish my husband was like that, because how deeply spiritual. They think... I waft around in a spiritual day because they see me preaching, and they think that that's how I am at home, and that. Um, but that is an advantage for me. If I wanted to, if I was warped in my spirit, if I wanted to worm my way into the affections of other women, I could play that spiritual trump card, because when she goes home, her husband doesn't seem as spiritual as me. So if she's going to need a church, I could be caring and say, "Oh." Let me pray with you dear and i could worm my i could use the advantage that's in my life to worm my way into her affections how perverted would that be and so the scripture says here don't we don't defraud other men we don't steal from them we don't wrong our brother some guys have a great sense of humor and some you know some woman's married to a guy's got no sense of humor and this guy's always, and she's always laughing with him. And, and he could, if he wanted to, he could, he could worm his way into her affections using the strength in his life. Or just by genuinely caring for, or his money would be attractive, or his, his knowledge, or his looks. And so the scripture puts it like this. It says, now listen, gentlemen. There needs to come this understanding amongst the men. I will not take advantage of you. Not the wife that's in your life or the daughter that's in your family. I will not worm my way into her affections without because if I do, without relating to you, I've wronged you, I've defrauded you, I've taken something from you as a husband that in this matter no one wrongs his brother. Is what the scripture says. Now let's take that from a young man who's looking to a a pretty young girl, and because here's the reality of it Uh, I love being a father of a daughter. It's, it's one of life's beautiful pleasures and treasures. But there is going to be a place in my daughter's heart that I will never be able to fulfill. I will never meet her romantic, her legitimate romantic needs. And never do I want to. And so, but she was born to respond to a man. She was born with a need for, for one man to come and uh, to capture her heart. She was born with that need. God built it into her, just like God built it into you to want a, a woman to win. And so but that in my my experience I will never meet my daughter's legitimate need for romance, nor do I want to. And that means every every young guy has an advantage over me in my daughter's life, or used to have anyway, not, not recently. But they would have had an advantage in her life because they they were young and they were more her age and, and so if they if they play their cards right and if they use whatever advantage they have, they may be able to win her heart. And that can happen entirely without me in the picture. And so one of the things that uh, we've had to t- we have had teach young men is to say, listen, if you want to get to my daughter, you better come through me. Because if you don't come through me, I'm going to come looking for you. And you don't want that. You don't want me to come find out who you are. You don't want me asking questions around everybody who knows you. You don't want me standing between you and my daughter and saying, uh, what do you mean calling my daughter and emailing without asking my permission?'" Who are you? Who do you think you are? I'll hit for distance. You you, you won't know the kind of issues that I can bring down on your head because you're defrauding me of something. You're defrauding me of my role in my daughter's life if you assume that you can get to her without dealing with me. And so one of the issues that we have to... Now, this is so foreign in our modern culture. It's so weird. We're like, geez, what's the dad got to do with it? In Scripture, dad's got everything to do with it. Everything's got to do with the dad. And so uh, there needs to come this understanding amongst men. Because we're out here among the men. Let's talk men to men. Amongst the men, if there is a woman, especially, in another man's household, either his wife or his daughter, you do not deal with her before you deal with him. Because God put that man as the head of that woman. That man is going to give an account for the way he was a husband to that wife and the way he was a parent to those children. You don't mess with him before you deal with him. And, and that's why I like this, is that if you like a young lady, you make an appointment to go see her father. You talk with him. You deal with at a man level. You set boundaries at that level and stick to his boundaries, gentlemen. Because if you break his boundaries, you're starting to defraud him. You stick to the boundaries he sets. When you do that, you will have his blessing and his backing, and God will start to honor you in that relationship you don't do that uh, and things will not go as easy as now some dads are not they don't have that understanding and and they'll just assume that that's what's going to happen but many many christian dads are going to say to you hang on buddy you come deal with me so i love this concept of a commitments among men we've called our church here we've we've sat down with them with a man and said right this is a commitment we make i do we do not mess with one another's wives or daughters that's not something we will do. I will not take advantage of another man in this church by messing with the affections of the woman in his life that he's accountable for in any way, shape, or form. We're not going to be that kind of people.
1: Because I think the problem is is that you know we, we, we forget that Scripture was, is timeless. It was written for every culture at every time period. So we don't look at Scripture and say, well, yeah. that, was for, you know, that was for a historic period. It yeah. was many thousands of years ago. Life's different. We live in a modern society now, and, you know, women make all their own decisions and so forth. And they do, but God has put a, created a headship structure to create a safe place for them. Our job is to serve and lay down our lives for our wives one day when we have family, and, and same for our daughters. Yeah. So we go back to what is, what is the modern picture? We talked about this before. The modern picture is the choice is you either are a lust-filled, violent man. That's the one choice. That, that media portrays, right? All the macho, violent, full of lust, different woman every night situation. Or you are this wimpy, compliant, sweet, kind, insightful, caring chap. And, um, and when you ask these kind of women, you know, describe the perfect man, what they do is describe another woman. And um, Because that's what they want. You know, they want someone who's really sensitive. So not that we don't want to be sensitive and so on, but the point is what God has created is a different environment completely. You see, under the biblical structure, when we obey the biblical laws, these are laws like the laws of physics. And the laws of relationship are like the laws of physics. They apply no matter whether you believe them or not. As we have said many times, you can stand on a building and you can jump off and say, because I don't believe in gravity. Gravity is a myth it Was just made up by people who want to control my life and steal my freedom. And you jump off the building and you find out, that you will fall at 9.8 meters per second squared, just like everybody else and every other object, and you'll hit the ground at exactly the same acceleration. That's exactly what will happen to you. It's got zip to do with your view. Your view. It's got absolutely nothing to do with your perspective on physics. Physics works regardless of you. The physics of relationships and the physics of God's laws are the same. So what we're delving into here is when we do things God's way, when we build relationship God's way, we get the benefits, we use gravity to our advantage. We use the physics to our advantage. Because we've come to understand the laws of physics, we've been able as a society to progress technologically. So all our modern Mm. conveniences and technology come because we've honored physics, because we've honored the laws Mm. of physics. The same thing happens in the kingdom. When we honor the, the physics of the kingdom, when we honor the laws of the kingdom, they turn massively to our advantage. And we get all the technology, if you like, the scriptures so that is an analogy is that when we obey when we do not wrong our brother in this meaning we respect the physics that god has set up this idea of headship whether it's popular in our culture or not whether our culture believes it or not the physics doesn't change gravity works regardless of your time you live in gravity doesn't work any differently now than it did a thousand years ago or ten thousand years ago gravity is gravity and the same in the laws of relationships and the laws of headship. When we, when we understand this, it doesn't mean that men dominate women. On the, the scripture turns it around. It says men lay down their lives for their wives. This yeah. is a culture of preferring women. Not that men and women are created equally in value, but they have different functions. And one of the functions of men... To take a headship responsibility, that means you're the guy taking all, all, all the bugs in the in, in your face you're like on, guys on have you ever driven a motorcycle the open face helmet and you just get all those bugs in your face the guy in your slipstream goes a lot faster because they they're catching your slipstream. Our job is to create a slipstream in the yeah. spiritual realm that ladies can fit into, but if we're going to dishonor when you're starting the relationship when you're starting off if you dishonor. Her dad, in the way you start the relationship, you have not modeled what you want one day in your family because you 've sown to dishonor yeah, now you 're going to reap dishonor when it comes time for you to be the head because you just ignored her father at that point she will she will ignore your headship or you 've set it up for her to ignore your headship when it comes to your turn so we see the situation many times in the in sometimes you find in in the church you have a situation where uh, I spoke to a man a while ago, and he said, you know, my, my wife doesn't respect me spiritually. And I said, I'm not surprised. And he said, what do you mean? I said, because you're the guy who's always criticizing spiritual authority. You're always tearing up, you know, yeah. this pastor or that group or whatever. So you've released in your home, Scripture says we bind and we loose. Yeah. We have the keys of the kingdom, is that whatever we bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever we loose on earth is loose in heaven. As heads of homes, we have the right to loose things in our home. If you lose a spirit of disregard for spiritual authority, guess what happens to your family? They disregard you as a spiritual authority because you've loosed that spirit. That So what we're doing, gentlemen, is setting you up for success, to respect Amen. the laws and physics, if you like, of the scriptural. And so the scripture is just laying it out. It says, if you, do not, if you walk righteously, if you do this right, you take a wife the right way. You know who to speak to. You speak to her dad. You, you, you're working under his guidelines. You have modeled for this young lady and, res- and you're loosing already now yeah. a spiritual authority that you're going to reap later on because she will have seen you under authority. She sees you submissive. She sees you self-controlled. You're managing your own sexual passions and you're not pushing her beyond the boundaries. You're willing to walk in righteousness. And then one day when you're married, you enjoy a, sp- a very sweet relationship because you start to reap what you've sown.
0: Yeah.
1: So, But this is tough stuff, guys. This yeah. isn't as easy as it looks. So the whole idea of these meetings is to kind of make this a team sport because being a man is a team sport. Hunting is a lot better as a pack than one guy on his own trying to be really quiet and hope the wind doesn't shift on him and blow his scent to the animals To use yeah. them to continue the African analogy. But the, the, what we're trying to say here is, look, in, we don't want to set a standard so high that everyone gets discouraged. But what you do want to say to you is, look, this is how gravity works. You know, use it to your advantage. Don't work against it. Don't be foolish and violate the laws of Scripture. So again, you know, we, we don't, yeah. it's not like we can break God's laws. We'll break, they'll break us. <laughs> we won't break them. We'll just prove them true. So you only have two responses to God's laws. So you can say, you know, either I prove it true or I submit to it. Those are my two choices. There are no. We're not by our actions. We're not going to change the universe. And our gravity works differently because I am very yeah. determined. Some deep. Yeah. So, so I'm, I'm to 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 out what what uh, what we're going off here that as men, we respect the 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 person. Look something makes me an elder according to the scriptures. And that is, I manage my household well. That's one of the requirements of elders. My wife gives me the gift of submission. That's a gift I can't demand from her. She gives to me as a gift. And she causes me to become an elder because of that. So Proverbs 31 says, it speaks of the, 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 per, the perfect woman, if you like, and she, she causes her husband to sit at the city's gates where the elders were. She causes him to sit there. So this is a team thing, husband and wife, team thing. Now, if I'm in a position that I have my household together, and because I treat my bride right, that means I can treat his bride right. If I, if I know to lay down my life for my bride, I'm trusted yeah. by the Lord to lay down my life for his bride. Yeah. Right? Do you see the parallel? So it's the training ground. Home is the miniature version of the church. It's the training ground where we sort things out here, and then we come and sort things uh, that we qualify to deal with the church, his bride. He entrusts us then to deal with his bride. So this has many implications just beyond your happiness. It certainly includes your happiness. But as we get this stuff right, but the very strength that caused me to get it right at home gives me the advantage Greg was talking about with other women. Because I've gone through some learning things and so on, not yeah. by any means that I'm perfect in that, sure. but because I've managed my own home well, when, I, when there's another woman in the church, I have an advantage. Yeah. I could use those same strengths and defraud my brother. I could wrong him in this. I could mm-hmm. minister to her spiritual needs in a way that maybe her husband can't. So I have to restrain myself to that. So often in our church when we're ministering to ladies we'll often ask if she's married, where's your husband? And Talk Bring to them him. as a couple. Yeah. And, he, and build them both and encourage them as a team because that's more effective and it's honoring the
0: scriptural way. Yeah. And you know what, here's the, here's the bottom line. I, I've known some young guys who you know, he wants to date the girl, doesn't speak to her dad, they fall in love, then she goes and tells her parents. Like, you know, because he's, because he's living behind his mother's skirt, so he lets the, the, he tucks in behind her skirts and let her talk to her dad, right? Says so mother's hot stuff, and then they sneak, she, he encourages her to sneak out of the house at nights and all of this. What he's teaching this young woman is, you have no need to submit to spiritual authority when it's not comfortable for you. Right? That's what he's teaching her. So, But then he doesn't realize that when he gets married and he becomes a spiritual authority, he's trained her now for a few years. If it's not comfortable for you, you don't have to submit. And so you reap what you sow. And the second issue, and Dion touched on it a few times, is this issue of the principle of you reap an inheritance from whatever you choose to honor. If you honor something, If you honor uh, somebody, then you reap the inheritance that they bring. Wherever you dishonor, you're cut off from an inheritance. Whatever I dishonor, I have no inheritance with. And so there's a simple principle. You can either honor the parents, and your parents, and her parents, and you can honor that and reap the inheritance. I'm not talking just physical. I'm just talking about a spiritual power. Just the the whole touch of God on your life and the inheritance of God. So I think there's a, there's a simple reality. One of the things we need to learn to do is, we need to learn to say, okay guys, what we're going to do, is we're going to learn to honor uh, what is honorable amongst people. So this is what the scripture says, because we've taken this principle of, of having a commitment to the men. We, we, we're coming out here among the men, and we're going to deal honestly and truthfully. And we just, we just delve down into this one issue of, not defrauding another man when it comes to the woman in his life. But let's talk about uh, defrauding men, by not honoring what is honorable, for example, let me read you romans thirteen seven give everybody what you owe him if you owe taxes, pay taxes. if you owe money, pay money. if respect, then pay respect. if honor, then honor and so the Bible talks about this there 's a couple of areas here it, it talks about uh, paying taxes, doing the civic, uh, what is right. Just be careful of that because making sound up here on the. Every time we click, it makes a sound up here. So, no, that's fine. <laughs> Just watch out for it. So, um, if, uh, let's come back to this. If, if we are um, going to pay taxes, we have to take a responsibility for civic duty. And we have to do that. If it comes to money that we've committed to other men if i 've loaned money or taken money, and then I, I make a commitment if if revenue then revenue the scripture says uh, i don 't defraud my brother i don't i don't forget about you know uh, we went out and i didn't have my wallet with me, and his guy said i i say i 'll pay you back i don't forget those words, not because he he didn't mind you know, if if we went out and Dion bought me coffee, and I said, "Hey, I don't have money," and he said, "No, oh, don't worry," I said, "But I'll pay you back." Now he doesn't even expect me to pay him back, but if I make that commitment, I I don't mess with that. I'll pay him back. Silly, but I would. You know what I mean? <laughs> but um, because there's this reality in we don't we we don't hold back anything from anybody that we owe. If you owe, the scripture says, give everyone what you owe him. Because if I don't, I'm defrauding him. And that's the whole point of that scripture. And so, But the, these are the two that I wanted to... If, if respect, then pay respect to Bible says, And that's particularly difficult if you're not a whole person. But if you are a whole man and you settle with who you are and you know your strengths, you know your weaknesses, and I look up and I see somebody who has strengths in areas that I don't have strengths, then it's easy for, them, for me to respect them. But I respect A couple of things. I respect hard work. I respect people who've given themselves to serve the king. I respect people who are diligent and and excellent in what they do. There's many things the Bible says we should be respecting. And there's much to give respect on. But the Bible says if you owe somebody respect, if they respect a bill, then we owe them respect and we should respect them. Treat them with great respect. Treat them with dignity. Treat them honorably as people who we should honor. And so I think if we can learn this, if we make a commitment among ourselves, that if somebody does an honorable thing, that we as the men stand up and say, now that is honorable. Even if we just stand up just to acknowledge what you did, I respect that. We had a, a young man on Sunday. I heard about the story, and I'm not even going to mention his name, but there was a call, come on, the men, come, up, come sit up front. Uh, come, you know, come lead the worship up front in the church. And I've had two ladies comment about how that blessed them. The men stood up and led the worship. But there was one young man who was in a group of friends, and none of the friends moved. And he waited, and nobody moved, and he got up. Gutsy, cost him. Right? He's, he's at that age where he's just hypersensitive to everybody else. He got up, said to his friend, excuse me, pushed through the road, and went and stood up front alone. I just want to stand up and applaud that guy, because that is honorable. That's courage. That took guts for him because he made a decision. I want to serve God. I'm going to do it in public. See, I, everything inside of me, I wants to, I'll stand up. I don't care how old the guy is. I just want to honor that because that's respectable in my eyes. So there's stuff that I find respectable. There's honorable stuff. And the Bible says we, we, we should have this understanding amongst us. We owe one another respect and honor when, when we do respectable and honorable things.
1: So maybe the last phrase we can go after with this whole thing of commitment to brotherhood is creating a safe place for women. The church should be the safest place on earth for women. Yeah. Young ladies, this is a place they can come Amen. and not be lusted after, yeah. not be looked away in a lustful way. Yeah. Even if they weren't too wise in what they chose to wear or they were a bit provocative or maybe a bit flirty, or whatever it is they did on their part. But in this place, in this house, that's an, this is a place where women are honored and respected yeah. and where they're not lusted. And, and the second thing is that women come to this place and know it's a safe place because it's a band of brothers. And we all know, we all know the story of, of, you know, we've had a situation where one of our young ladies, um, you know, was, was, was defrauded. She was deceived and, and drawn out of, of, from the congregation. She, was, she ran away from home. We had a prayer meeting, and the men stood up. And, and I've had many, many people come to me and say, that prayer meeting meant so much to them. Because we, while we were at the premium we asked all the men, 13 years and all up, to come forward. And the men got together and started to pray and took responsibility because in this house, women are protected. In this house, we stand together. We look after it. Mm-hmm. And Greg called that young man, who had, and he said, we want you to know that what you're doing is dishonorable. At the men of Northland's church, we, dis, we found what you're doing
0: dishonorable. We're we going to hold you accountable. And we want to know what you're going to do about it because we are interested in the answer. The men want to know.
1: And I think the thing I remember particularly was how aggressive in prayer the men became. Particularly men who were not normally aggressive in prayer, maybe a bit more, you know, uh, just m- yeah. more laid back. But when it came to this issue, the, something rose up in the men, and they said, This will not happen to a daughter of this house. Yeah. And we stood up because we're c- about creating that safe place for women. Yeah. We want young ladies to know, women of all ages, in this house you're safe. You'll never be taken advantage of. You're safe here. And this yeah. is the place you come when you want to, you know, and this is a community where men will stand together and be men. Be the protector, not the protected. We are growing up in a society where men no longer, these two options we talked about before, the macho, lustful, violent man is all about himself and taking. Mm-hmm. And he takes what he wants sexually, he takes what he wants, whatever, what, when he wants, how he wants, in whatever way he wants. There's nothing honorable in this approach. The wimpy little compliant guy who's all on the edge of weeping and emotions, and you know the kind of sitcoms I'm talking about. I can't stand to watch these sitcoms where these men are portrayed as ultra-wimps. He's, like he's like the fifth child, except he's just bigger, slobbier, w- worse, harder to control. Yeah. And that is so despicable. What we need is no longer, all, all this is just two versions, extreme versions of the same mother's hut problem, where men have never learned to come out from mother's hut, become the defender, not the defended, become the encourager, not yeah. always expect to be encouraged, and become the person who is the one creating a safe place, not expecting a safe place to be created for him. And that's the environment. So that takes a team commitment. That's a commitment to one another. That's a commitment we do to the ladies we're not even in relationship with. But just by mere association, that we're in fellowship together in a church context, we create a safe place for one. And that is team sport.